Can parents pursue financial independence with kids at home? Today, we'll go over the five biggest myths and show you how to enjoy parenthood and five. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Even before we were familiar with the term financial independence, we were intrigued about this idea of gaining flexibility and freedom because of how we handled our finances. When we were first married, we had two immediate financial goals, getting rid of the car loan and building our emergency fund. Our car payment wasn't a huge burden, but seeing that money go out month after month, ugh, not having that weighing our budget down was one benefit, but there was also this, I guess you could call it what if. What if we used that money for things we actually enjoyed and really wanted? Travel, a house, maybe even start a business. So I started digging into personal finance blogs and found books like Total Money Makeover, Automatic Millionaire, and The Money Book for the Young, Fabulous, and Broke. I took it all in. We came together and we created a plan to pay off our debts and grow our financial cushion. Don't get me wrong, seeing our net worth go from negative 30-something thousand to the positive side, even reaching six figures, felt great. The real pull for us, though, was not how much money we could stash away or how fast we could hit our goals. It was being in a position of having options like leaving a bad job, becoming an entrepreneur. During this time, we discovered financial independence with that classic book, Your Money or Your Life. There are some wonderful benefits with discovering FI and the community within it. Many in the space love swapping ideas about what's worked for them. Hopefully, like you're doing now, we've listened to stories and picked up a few ideas to try out. Some worked really well, some needed to be adjusted for circumstances, and then some didn't work at all. Either our situation was too different, or honestly, we didn't enjoy it. The ones that didn't resonate with us usually came from the segment in the community who had very specific ideas about financial independence, both with what it is and what it wasn't. One complaint I kept seeing was how hard or in some cases impossible for parents to hit FI. I strongly believe that idea, that belief, is not just discouraging to parents, but really misses the actual resource financial independence is about. Time. Finances are simply the tool to help you get there, not the goal. We were more focused on quality of life and having those options available. So today, I want to wrap up this series of episodes before we go on our summer break and discuss how you as a parent can work towards your five goals while still enjoying the journey with your kids. In this episode, we're going to get into the five biggest myths around financial independence and parenthood. Are you ready? Let's get started. 
Although I believe that all families can benefit from including key five principles into their finances, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. These myths that I see and hear can be discouraging and just stop people from even trying in the first place. In some cases, I'm going to be debunking these myths, but in others, I want to clarify some concepts. I've seen how this focus on making things short and catchy for social media just distorts or confuses people about financial independence and how they can make it their own. The first myth is you have to live like paupers to retire early or become financially independent. I think this is a huge turnoff for many families and understandably so. They see and read these stories where people cut things down to the bone of their budget just to be able to retire early and quit a job that they hate. But that's not really the case. The truth is with financial independence, you will have a mindset shift. You will absolutely need to be more intentional, not just with your finances and your schedule, but also your goals. That means, yes, you are going to make decisions that are different from other people, but that doesn't mean that you cut down every single expense in your budget. Instead, you're going to be having conversations about what's really important and what really matters in your life. For each family, that's going to look different. There's two key numbers that you're going to be looking at when you're pursuing FI, especially when you have kids. The first one is your essential expenses. How much money do you typically spend each year? What are your usually monthly expenses? As you're going through them, which ones are the ones that you really enjoy and bring value, both on a practical sense with those essential bills? For some families, going on trips together is something that they truly appreciate and it's a way for them to bond. Or you could be a family that prefers to have a home base, build it and make your place really into a home, take some projects, renovations, and that brings you joy. So that's the first number that you're going to be discussing, tracking, and keeping tabs on. The second is your savings rate. How much are you saving and investing each month? Now, when you're pursuing FI, the speed in which you hit that number where you become financially independent depends on what your savings rate is. It's okay if you're just starting off and you're saving a smaller amount, even 5% of your income, and then you can build that up as you get more comfortable and more experience with your expenses and spending. When you're aware of these two numbers, your expenses and your savings rate, you can then start a plan to build that up and hit your goals faster. The second myth is raising kids will make it impossible to pursue FI. The USDA estimates it's $233,640 to raise one child to an adult. That's not counting college. Breaking it down annually, that means according to the USDA, you're spending around an additional $13,000 for each child. On this podcast and on the site, we've challenged a lot of those assumptions, including how you can be a frugal foodie, how you can travel on the cheap, and how you can enjoy technology without spending a ton of money. Yes, there are additional expenses 
with raising kids, but there's always going to be an opportunity cost to whatever goal you pursue. There are some in the Phi community that live in high cost of living areas, but they enjoy living in those spaces. They find that the quality of living really suits them. So they're willing to trade off. Maybe they get a smaller space to live in so they can still hit their goal while living in the city that they love and enjoy. With parents, the biggest chunk of money for most I spoke to is daycare. It can be incredibly expensive depending on where you live. But if you are interested in pursuing FI and you do have to have some kind of daycare or after-school childcare options, there are some choices that can help offset some of the costs. It does mean sometimes going uh, untraditional route, maybe doing remote work, maybe splitting your work schedule with your spouse so that one of you is at home. I've talked to professionals that have done that, and it depends on your industry, but it's something that they found allowed them to pursue their goals. Parenthood and financial independence aren't mutually exclusive. However, it does take mindful prioritization and budgeting. The third myth I hear is only those who make a good income or rich people can become financially independent. First off, if anyone tells you that income isn't a factor, that's a lie. Having more income can certainly help. However, there are plenty of people who make some really good money, six figures, but still live paycheck to paycheck. And then there are those with more modest average incomes that have done a fantastic job stashing away money and investing. While income is a factor, it's not the main one when it comes to financial independence. It goes back to your savings rate and growing that gap between your income and your expenses. It is a balancing act. What you're trying to find is that sweet spot where your expenses have some purpose, whether it's taking care of essential bills, saving up for the future, but then there's still money in your budget where you're enjoying now. Again, the resource that we're trying to manage is time. And with financial independence, because you have that financial cushion, it can give you options. For example, with kids, you may decide to cut back on work during those first few years so you can have more time with them. And when they get back to school, maybe you ramp work back up. Or you may decide that you want to work from home full time. Or you may want to change your career and pivot as you're pursuing FI. It's not an on-off switch. As you're building that financial stability, then there are usually more choices that are available. The fourth myth that I hear is college savings will kill your retirement. So there are two things to consider. One, you don't have to pay for your kid's college. Yep, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Seriously, though, I'm not that old, but the price of some universities has gotten ridiculous. And for what? One study found that 43% of college graduates are underemployed in their first job. Two, college may not look the same or be the path that your kid takes. Certifications are becoming more the norm and can give your kids the skills and training they need. And it is becoming more acceptable for a lot of employers. Your kids themselves may also want to pursue trade school, which can be both fulfilling and financially rewarding. So if you haven't already, definitely sit down and talk about what does this mean? If you do decide to help out with your kids with educational expenses, 
what is that going to look like? Because it doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your retirement or financial well-being. It does mean guiding your kids towards being more mindful and intentional with their education, which I think serves them better anyways in the long run. The last myth I want to talk about is that FI is about never working again. There is a subset of financial independence called FIRE, which is financial independence, retire early. Financial independence is a much larger space than that group. There are those that do want to work after they hit their number. However, they want freedom of choice in deciding what kind of work that is. It could be a profitable business, volunteer work, or doing something seasonal. I did an episode about different paths within financial independence, which I'll link to in the show notes. For us, though, Coast 5 made the most sense. The kernel behind it is that you saved enough so you can retire at a traditional age, even if you never add another cent to your accounts. That money is already tucked away in tax advantage accounts like 401ks and IRAs. With that milestone out of the way, you have more flexibility with work and other choices. Personally, this was especially important with everything that was going on last year. We made the decision to have our girls do remote learning. With both of us working from home, we're grateful we could make it work. I'm not going to lie. There were days and weeks where it was a little bit stressful, especially as we were trying to find our footing with this new schedule and arrangement. But it was worth it for us. So yes, if you want to, you could retire early. Or you may decide that that's not the path you want to do. And that's fine. I just want you to know that you should be making your decisions based on your family circumstances and priorities. There you have it. Those are the five biggest myths people have about financial independence and parenthood. I hope that helped you to see that financial independence and parenthood aren't mutually exclusive. They can actually work really well together. It does take some effort, but it's so worth it. This segment is brought to you by Republic Wireless. Looking for affordable smartphones, nationwide coverage, and plans that don't cost your family a fortune? Switch to Republic Wireless. I've been a member for around nine years and love them. Bring your own or grab one of their phones, like a Samsung Galaxy or Moto G. With plans starting at $15 a month, what's not to love? Find out all they offer at republicwireless.com. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on a few key takeaways I got from preparing this episode. The first is define what financial independence means to you. Financial independence is a big tent, and there's many paths that you can take. So sitting down and just discussing what financial independence means to you can help you define your plan later on. So are you looking to save up enough so you never have to work again? Or are you more interested in having flexibility and options as you hit each milestone? Define that first. It'll make the next steps much easier. The second is know your numbers. Can't get away from this. A huge part of financial independence, no matter what path you take, is being more conscious, not just of your spending, but your schedule and your goals. With your numbers, you can now see what is that gap between the income that you're bringing in and the expenses that you are paying out. 
you want to grow that gap to the point where you're making progress towards your goal, but still enjoying the journey. And everyone is going to be different. That's why you want to know your individual numbers. There are some fantastic apps and programs out there, which I'll include in the show notes to help you keep track and keep tabs on how you're doing without having to stress out over the tedious stuff. Finally, develop your FI plan in stages and on the season of life you're in. At each stage of parenthood, whether you have a newborn, young kids, or teenagers, there are certain challenges and wonderful opportunities ahead of you. So make sure that your finances reflect those priorities. Yes, you do want to make progress with your five goals, but you also want to savor this time with your kids. You're not going to get it back. If you're looking for an encouraging community where you can ask questions, swap ideas, and talk about your family financial goals, don't forget to join us in the Thriving Families group on Facebook. It's free and it's also private. Our goal is to help one another out. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash FB. We'd love to see you there. I can't believe how fast this went, but we're wrapping up this run of episodes and going into our summer break. So far this year, we've covered quite a bit on the podcast, including finding that balance between pursuing FI while still enjoying the now, finding a budget that fits you that you actually enjoy, DIY home projects, being a frugal foodie, and diversifying your income. My aim for this next round of episodes coming up is to dig deeper into the family and financial questions you have with FI and parenthood. If you want to help out with future episodes, I'd love to have your input. Please be a part of our community with our newsletter. It's free. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. I'll be updating each week so you don't want to miss out. And I'm also going to be asking you for your big questions so we can answer it here on the podcast. I can then reach out to experts to make sure that they get answered. But first, this month, we're going to be going on a family vacation. We're heading over to Asheville, North Carolina to enjoy some R&R with the girls. I'll be sharing a few of our favorite spots on Instagram and Twitter. Our theme song is from Staircases, additional music by various artists from audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. It's more than just listening. I love hearing from you, your stories, questions, and your own tips about your FI journey as parents. This community wouldn't be what it is without you jumping in. I hope you have a wonderful summer. Take care.